Welcome, everyone. We are so glad that you have chosen to join us on our Lenten journey this Lenten season. And this time, as we begin the next several weeks journeying towards the cross, we are together as a church um, coming to understand a little bit more about spiritual practice, specifically spiritual disciplines. And as we go through this um, study together, Dr. Roberts will be preaching on um, six different disciplines that will help us deepen our spiritual practice and deepen our relationship with God. And so we're glad that you've joined us for this, our first kind of conversational podcast. We're very excited about that. So um, to begin, I am Lydia Tatum and I serve um, uh, as associate pastor with missions and ministry. Dr. Roberts, would you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Jeff Roberts and I'm serving as senior pastor and enjoying uh, this time for us to have a conversation about spiritual disciplines. I am Katie Medlin and I serve with the preschoolers and children here at um, Trinity. And then I'm Christian Davis. I get to work with the youth and recreation here at Trinity. Well, spiritual disciplines is um, something that sometimes is often foreign to Baptists. I think all four of us grew up, we were all raised in similar kind of ways, Baptist churches in the South, and many of us were not raised with the term spiritual disciplines. We knew how to go to Sunday school and Bible study and do our own personal devotions and, and study for ourselves, but the spiritual practice of, of disciplines as um uh, we read about um, in many other Christian traditions was pretty foreign to most of us, I think, until we were in seminary and starting to learn um, some deeper practice. So how did you all first come to hear about spiritual disciplines and, and what impact did the engaging in those practices have on your spiritual life when it first began and what impact does it still have? So I first um, came to learn about the spiritual disciplines formally um, in seminary in my introduction to theological education class. And um, we spent part of the semester learning about those and writing um, out curriculum for others to use. Um, and so that was very, very eye-opening for me and educational. For my spiritual journey, my faith journey, it provides me with a rhythm, um, the spiritual practices, some I'm a person who thrives off of routine um, just in general. And so the spiritual practices help um, add some routine and consistency um, in my own faith journey. And so that is what I've appreciated about those. Lydia, I think for me, uh, spiritual disciplines, which was introduced to me in seminary as well with Dr. Bill Clemens and his book, Discovering the Depths. It was a, a great moment for me to, to study under him and, and really, I remember thinking when I was having that class, I thought this was the way all seminary classes were going to be, all about reflection and, and, and spiritual growth. But, uh, but as I've thought about as you, your point about being Baptist and growing up in Baptist and what that means around the spiritual disciplines, honestly, we were taught to do what mm -hmm. spiritual disciplines has given yeah. us a name to identify. Right. Uh, you know, have a quiet time, mm -hmm. read the Bible pray, reflect, all of that is mm -hmm. spiritual disciplines. It's just given us, and for me, it's just given me the name for what I was always taught. And then probably the encouragement to make it more of a, as Katie said, a rhythm of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would echo that. I think I was thinking the same thing, that it was things that we all 
did and were taught and mm-hmm. it just kind of helped put a label to it. And for me having them kind of displayed and broken into different groups has proved to be a good evaluation tool for kind of understanding the areas that I might be lacking in my spiritual formation or the areas that I might be strong in, as opposed to just, you know, growing up being taught all kinds of different things, but not really knowing how to place them in my spiritual life. I am. It was actually just before seminary for me. I was a religion major, so I knew that this was my trajectory. Um, And so my home church, the youth minister had left and I was pretty bold. I just contacted them and said, hey, you know, she's not there and I could certainly serve as your summer youth minister. Um, How about hiring me and paying me this amount of money? (laughs) And they did it. Um, The interim pastor at the time was Dr. Tom Jackson. And he encouraged me to go to as many conferences as I could. And so um, he drove me up to Richmond uh, to an experiential youth ministry conference at Second Baptist Richmond. And we all sat around in a dark room with a candle and sang Kumbaya and learned about spiritual practices. And it really kind of opened things up for me. Like you all said, it it wasn't things that I hadn't done before or hadn't been taught, but um, it kind of, it gave me more for me, personal understanding and depth to it. I, you know, my parents taught me rhythms when it came to um, prayer and Bible study and um, doing it on your own, not just um, going to Sunday school, you know, really encouraging me with that. I often heard them and their friends talk about fasting at various different times and, and prayer, um, but it hadn't been a formal education until, you know, really those moments. And so I, I came back like a 19 year old would and learned all these things at the conference. So we're going to do them all and um, started um, instituting them with youth ministry from the get go. And it's really been my rhythm of ministry the whole time um, as well. It's informed um, how I do ministry um, programmatically, but then also for me on the backside uh, for myself um, the, the specifically the practice of meditation is one that I, I have to learn and, and um, encourage myself to do quite often because I struggle so much um, to slow down and to, to really contemplate and think. So, and that leads me into my next question, you know, mine is meditation, but what disciplines have become essential to your faith practice? Ironically, I would say mine is definitely one that was not, would not have been, you know, one that I would have considered essential during high school or really during divinity school. It felt more like work, but I found that now in my life study has become one of the disciplines that I find most life-giving to me. Um, I have a study Bible that I just, I love reading a passage and then getting to go and look at the notes or looking for charts that are attached to it or having it send you to a different verse from the Old Testament that connects and just seeing the different ways that it intertwines and how it can be a passage that you've read, you know, hundreds of times from the time you were a little kid in Sunday school to now, um, and you learn more and more about it each time. So as I looked over them, I felt that study was probably the one um, that stood out to me the most at this point in my journey. I would say the same uh, study really is something that's 
important to me right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think if you th think about the ones that we, we struggle with, if we want to talk a little bit about that, you know, I think as we get busy, for me, uh, the two that I always struggle the most with, well, fasting, <laughs> you know, we Baptists don't do good with fasting. We'll, we'll talk about fasting here in a minute, but, 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 uh, but, but simplicity and solitude, uh, as an extrovert, solitude sounds scary as can be until you learn that it's really about solitude, even when you're with people and having a sense of, of, of who you are with God in that moment. And then simplicity, we all complicate our life with things and with, with events. And, and, uh, and that's the one that always kind of uh, confronts me from time to time, convicts me from time to time. And, uh, and I, I, I think of ways, how can I simplify uh, what I have, what I want, what I do, all those kind of things uh, that realizing that it's so easy to uh, kind of put all the trappings yeah. of life upon us. And so I, I struggle with that one. And I go back and forth and throughout my life, that one comes back and knocks on my door. Uh, that was so. incidentally the first one that was taught to us. I think Christian and Katie um, will agree in seminary, um, not necessarily formally as simplicity, but Dr. Cogdell and your first intro to theological education class, he talks to you about subtracting, the practice of subtracting. And I think, you know, what he's really getting at is that simplicity um, piece that we all have such a hard time with. I guess it's our Protestant work ethic or, you know, American something that's just in us that has to keep adding and, and piling on more and more. Um, but really taking the, the practice and the discipline to subtract and to simplify and to um, allow for space for God to, to move and breathe in your life um, is essential. I would say um, one that is most life-giving and yet difficult for me is um, meditation. Um, I met someone in seminary and we did a lot of studying. I took a, a class on it, and um, but it is really hard for me to just quiet my mind and quiet my soul. Um, I tend to find myself straying off when I try to meditate and I've worked worked for some time to be able to focus a little bit more on that. And Hal Milton, who used to serve on staff with us, was wonderful. He enjoyed meditation. He led classes on that. We had a lot of conversation, particularly for my ministry context right now, studying and then meditating on what um, I'm studying and allowing God to, to speak to me and then to, um, to learn from that and engage with it. And so that is one that's most life-giving to me, but also very difficult because along with simplicity, as Dr. Roberts was saying, um, I always feel like I have something else to do. I don't have time to just sit and listen and commune with God, um, but it is important. Well, Lent is um, a season of preparation and a season where spiritual disciplines and practices kind of go hand in hand with our, our preparation of our hearts and our spirits um, for the celebration of Easter. And when I've explained it to youth or explained it to my own children, that's, that's what I'm, I'm saying. You know, we, we really take this time to examine why we need a savior and um, examine our, our hearts in a way that helps us experience the, the 
depth and height and breadth of uh, our faith so that when we get to Easter, we can experience the fullness of the celebration and the excitement of the resurrection. And so as you prepare your hearts to make the journey to the cross to celebrate that resurrection, um, what practices do you personally think you'll be picking up? Well, it's going to be interesting because part of our journey together, one of those weeks is going to be fasting. So how we get a a bunch of Baptists to fast is going to be an interesting and what that's going to mean for different people at different times Mm -hmm. and the amount of fasting people might choose to do and how they can do it in a healthy fashion and all those kind of things. Fasting, of course, right now is, is, uh, it's very, uh, very hip to, 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 to have a fast, right? for weight loss and for all kinds of health reasons. But, you know, to fast, to create emptiness and space for then prayer and meditation and reflection, that's a whole different reason to fast. And so, you know, how to take something that is obviously uh, healthy for us in many ways, but also becomes spiritually healthy. I think that'll be an interesting, uh, at least an interesting week is a part of this Lenten journey we're on. Yeah, I think the, fast, the fasting piece is fascinating because it's kind of the, I mean, I would say it's what's culturally associated with Lent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's at least giving up something, maybe not necessarily doing a fast per se. But one of the things I've tried to do in the past, and I try to make sure I do it for the right reasons. I think that's the tough part about the fasting is I, uh, many people know Coca-Cola and Pepsi are my, that's my advice. <laughs> I drink them all day long. I know we've got several other ministers who can name themselves if they want that are have a diet addiction to my problem. I've tried to give that up, not as a way to kick the habit or something, but to try to understand these things that I have a self-reliance upon. And in those times when I have a caffeine headache or I just cannot think about anything else besides drinking a soda, understanding that, that it's those moments where my heart and my mind are supposed to to turn to God. Now I can't say that I'm going to do it this year. Um, but with a newborn coming, I think sleep is going to be a, premium <laughs> and be a lot more caffeine headaches than normal. But in terms of that season of life, I do think whether it's in the form of a fast or whatever you would have it, but just a recognition of self-denial, um, taking away from some of the things that we do in order to make room for some of these other spiritual disciplines that could fall into place or just a reliance upon God during that time in general. Something that I've been thinking about as we've been um, working on a devotional for um, everyone for the Lenten season is how children and families can participate in some of these spiritual practices. So obviously fasting um, is one that seems more difficult uh, when you think about how children and families can participate in that. But there are ways that families and children can engage, you know, like you were saying, Christian, it's not always necessarily a meal or a food. Um, It might be, you know, you eat dinner 30 minutes to an hour later and have a conversation about why we're doing this and what feelings you're having, or especially for children right now who are doing online school taking time when you can to fast from electronics. But again, that conversation piece is so important about why we're doing it, as you were saying, Christian, um, and how it leads us into other spiritual disciplines. It's been fun exploring the different ways that children can engage in these um, and how we can as adults as well and um, have conversations together as a family. 
thank y'all for your leadership in that. I'm excited about um, the next six weeks of podcasts that uh, we will do together. You'll hear from Christian and from Katie and from me as we um, talk specifically about um, each one of these disciplines that we'll be um, practicing together. I've been reading a lot recently about that self-denial or sacrifice kind of piece, which goes hand in hand with, with fasting and with giving something up in order to make space. And one interesting aspect I've been learning about recently is you know, when, we, when we go through seasons of suffering or we experience some kind of suffering, offering that as a sacrifice, using that whatever it is, the the rub that's happening in your life, maybe it's a season of grief or delayed gratification for something that you're waiting for or want. And using that as, again, that reminder, like a caffeine headache, that um, these are these are moments that we're to draw closer to, to God. So um, I don't anticipate too much suffering um, during Lent, because guess what? My baby just started sleeping through the night, Christian. There is hope. Um, so I am getting some sleep. But, uh, you know, any any moments that I feel myself, something kicking up in me, anger, if I feel that or whatever it is, using that as, as, a, as a signal to say, okay, this is the moment you need to dig a little deeper, um, the moment you need to, to draw closest to God and examine, you know, what's going on within you and offer that suffering uh, like Christ's suffering in prayer. And so it's been interesting. I've never heard about that um, until recent readings. Um, so um, growing up, I was Baptist girl in Catholic school. So we had self-imposed, or not self-imposed, imposed upon us fasts of um, pizza day was Friday at the cafeteria. And all we got was cheese pizza during Lent. There was no pepperoni. <laughs> our pizzas because Fridays, Good Friday is the day that the Lord was crucified. So we were not to indulge in things like uh, pepperoni. Um, so, you know, little fasts like that are kind of, I think I might still incorporate, you know, maybe on Fridays, fasting, having a meatless Friday um, might be a way that I can educate my kids on it. And then also encouraging the celebration of Sundays. Um, a lot of times we forget that Sundays are not included in the 40 days leading up to, to Easter. Um, and so because Sundays are the days that Jesus was resurrected, those are celebration days. So breaking the fast and breaking the practice on Sundays with, uh, you know, something a little extra special for our family. Maybe I bake a cake or do something fun like that um, where we can celebrate the resurrection day. Um, speaking of the season of Lent and seasons in general, um, as we think about our spiritual practice and the disciplines that kind of have resonated with us throughout our lives, have there been particular seasons in your life that you find that you're more apt to seek out a new discipline or practice? And, you know, if so, are even does the church year and church seasons impact that for you in different ways? Like, Lent in particular, but different times throughout the year. Well, for me, I mean, one of the reasons I think we're going to move through this uh, series during Lent is just the season that we're in mm -hmm. right now. And it took me back to uh, rereading, uh, you know, the uh, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, kind of 
grounding myself again. Uh, when everything seems so uncertain around us, it's nice to go back to some of these disciplines and these yeah. rhythms uh, to help ground us again uh, in our faith. For me, I don't, um, I don't necessarily remember talking about the church year, um, the church calendar and where everything was growing up. We could have, I don't particularly remember that. So um, as a seminary student and older high schooler and college, when we would talk about these things, I found beauty in those seasons and it kind of recentering me, um, the season of Advent and then you know, you go into Lent. And so it just kind of helps you flow. And so during Advent, it's more of celebration. You're excited. It's a, it's just a happier type of season. And so, you know, I focus a lot more on celebration and prayer during that time. Whereas Lent, it is a, for lack of a better word, darker season. We're preparing our hearts for Jesus's crucifixion and sacrifice. And then ultimately the celebration is on the other side. So for me, the church calendar has helped me focus kind of some of my feelings around what the seasons are. And um, like for Lent, I'll focus more on fasting and meditation. So I've, I've really appreciated following the church calendar as I've gotten older with my spiritual practices. Yeah, I feel like typically life is just so busy and the speed of life is just so much faster than it is right now. And, and so I think when I find in those times that things get really busy, that's when I usually have that self-recognition that I need to be spending more time focusing on these disciplines, particularly the ones that call you to slow down, whether it's, you know, meditation or solitude, whatever it might be. Um, but I think the time we're in right now is a little bit different in that things aren't quite as fast paced as they normally are. Things are certainly slowed down a good bit for all of us in life. And so I think what I would normally, I agree with what Katie was saying. I think that's my normal approach to the season of Lent is to be more introspective and to slow down more and focus on those self-denial things. But I also feel like right now we all need a really good dose of, you know, worship and celebration and, <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, whether it's the Sundays of Lent that technically don't get counted towards the 40 days that we can use towards celebration or just in general, the recognition that this self-denial is all about leading us to Easter and giving us that, that day of celebration, but to allowing it to be a season of celebration in just a different kind of form. I, I've always loved the little details um, in the church, um, especially around the church calendar. You know, during Advent and Easter or Advent and Lent, we have the purple pyramids um, on the communion table and on our pulpit and the little um, bookmark on our on our altar Bible. And, you know, on our big high holy celebration days, it all turns to white to reflect the, the radiance of God and, and the excitement that we feel in that. But the season that I feel I need to dig deeper and draw closer are not necessarily the ones where I'm told to. Maybe that's a, a little defiance running in me, but it's actually in the ordinary time. Ordinary time is green and it's all those in-between times. And the, the, the color green reminds us of life and of growth. And um, that's where I feel myself needing to be called back towards meditation more often than other times. And so I'm really excited, even though it's at the tail end of, of ordinary time at the beginning of Lent, that this year, as we prepare our Ash Wednesday service, 
months to kick off Lent, but that's kind of our theme. Um, th this idea of growth, of, of planting a seed and it growing from something that's with, from all intents and purposes, dead, but you, you, you bury it, it receives nutrients and nourishment, and then it grows into new life. And the imagery of that, I think, is incredibly beautiful. And all throughout, you know, our biblical imagery and the imagery that we have at the church. And so, um, as I think seasonally, we're probably all more in ordinary time than anything else for the majority of our lives, not just church ordinary time, but majority of our lives are ordinary um, and mundane, hopefully, but not too exciting all the time. And those are the times that we need something to draw us closer to God and to, to pull us back. Because uh, especially in youth ministry, you talk so much about the mountaintop experiences, those things that um, you experience on a youth trip or a mission trip or uh, a moment where you can always point back to without a shadow of a doubt, that moment, I knew there was a God and I experienced God and I came in contact with God, uh, much like Moses on Mount Sinai or Jesus uh, at the Transfiguration. Those are our, our moments that we always, and even in moments of doubt, can look back to and say, no, it, that's drawing me back to my faith. Um, but more often than not, we're not on the mountaintop. We're very much just walking through an ordinary, beautiful valley, um, green valley. And um, we need the discipline and the practice of faith um, to ground us and to draw us closer to God, even when we don't necessarily feel it. So as we prepare, um, we've talked a little bit about how we're preparing to lead our church through this season of Lent with our sermon series and our Lenten devotions and our Ash Wednesday service, our podcast that is now going to complement our Lenten devotion series. What is it um, that you all are hoping for, for our congregation? I would hope that we, we could all kind of look for things to do at home. And when you talked about the different seasons of the church calendar, that season of Christmas, we have so many built-in traditions and things that we do, and we kind of know what to expect. Um, but in that build-up to Easter, I don't know that we have quite as many traditions or things that we might would do um, with our families or on our own or just in general. Um, so it, maybe not necessarily establishing a, a tradition, but just finding things that we can do on our own. I mean, that's the beauty of these disciplines is you can do some of them corporately. You can do some of them in small groups. You can do some of them on your own. So I would just hope that we would seek to be intentional in finding different ways to carry them out during this time. I would echo that, Christian. Um, a goal um, of mine that I always try to keep in mind when working with children and families is practices that can be done at home. And so while life is um, definitely not what we would consider normal right now, it does provide us the opportunity to practice these faith practices together as a family, to educate your children on why we do what we do um, and to re-educate ourselves. We may have forgotten that. Um, over time and through these practices that the greatest story ever told, the story of Jesus, will be revealed and bring your family great joy and plant seeds in your children's hearts because it it really is the greatest story ever told. Um, no matter where we are in life, it just brings us joy and hope and comfort. And so that is what um, my prayer is for people during this season. 
you know, one of the things that I'm looking forward to uh, in preaching on these topics is not only just introducing some folks in the church to spiritual disciplines, but but helping us all to understand that the spirit, what we call the spiritual disciplines are actually just the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. If we look at Jesus' life, he practiced all the things we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. And it is his example in these matters that, that help us uh, help us follow in his way and, and have uh, the same relationship he had with the Father. So that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to as we make this journey together, that this isn't just you know, something that we uh, identify and something that we use or a, or a program or an idea, but it really is the way of Jesus. These very practices is what we see in Jesus' life. So that's really what I'm looking forward to uh, as we go through this together as a church. Well, I am appreciative of that vision um, for how we're going to walk through this because there is no better season to um, call us back to the way of Jesus and really um, following who Jesus was and, and how Jesus lived out his life and and practiced this way of redemption. And I'm, I'm excited that we get to do this journey together as a staff and as a church body. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how all of this plays out within the lives of our, our church families. I always have said that everybody's got a, a, a what's next when it comes to um, our faith practice from our youngest child to our um, seniorest senior, they all have a next step in their faith journey. I'm excited that we are all taking it together this Lenten season.